0: welcome to the nuggets inc podcast presented by no one i'm your host matt schubert back again to talk about the nuggets training camp has started we just had media day and i'm going to be joined by our new nuggets beat writer bennett durando who has been with the team the last few days in san diego talking to all the guys that are available we've got a bunch to get into big topic of course jamal murray what's up with the contract no extension's been signed why is he betting on himself is he going to be all nba outside of that we dig in all the trades that have happened who's the challenger who's going to be the one that challenges the nuggets for the nba title we also get into mpjs tattoos the beard that wasn't on christian brown and a whole bunch of other stuff coming up next and we are back for another edition of the nuggets inc podcast i'm your host matt schubert and this is our first uh, post singer ps edition uh after singer as it, it, how do we want to do this uh, I, I don't know uh, i
1: i think i think he's gonna find a way to weasel his way onto the podcast <laughs> at, at some point Clear, clearly, he can't detach himself yet because he showed up to Nuggets media day on Monday with absolutely nothing to do other than be there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, and that, that's Bennett Durando, by the way. Durando, Durando. I said Duran. Dur- do you is it? That's all right. Do you it, have was a,
1: probably, it was probably Durando at one point, but yeah. now now I'm in Erica. So I, I
0: feel like there was a celebrity that went by Durando
1: rather than Durando,
0: but I. That's like 1950s, I, before our I time. I think
1: you're thinking of the Dodge car. The,
0: the, that's a Durango. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well.
1: Durandos, but oh well. <laughs>
0: we're, we're, we're off to a great start here uh, on the podcast. Um, you already alluded to it. Nuggets media day on Monday. Today is uh, Wednesday. It's roughly 5 p.m. So if uh, anything happens between now and, and when we actually publish this, that's why uh, we're not talking about it. But uh, you're out in, in San Diego now, been out there for a couple days of, of training camp. Um, uh, just what's your first impression of, of the team and, and everything so far? Your first few days on the beat and its championship team coming back.
1: Uh, the, well, the first impression on the beat was uh, the Nuggets sort of did their media day in, in about as entertaining of a way as they could have, uh, which I think was, one, sending everyone out to talk, literally every player right. on the roster, and two, sending them out in pairs, which maximized the chemistry between guys uh, made it feel a lot looser, a lot less buttoned up than it might have been if it was um, if it was just Jamal Murray up there. You who, know was
0: who was of- is, is the best pair? Who who had the the sort of you know uh, Martin and and uh, Lewis sort of feel to them?
1: It was probably Jamal and Joker. Um, really, even though. Yeah. I, neither of them like is known for being a particularly great quote, I guess, in in a media context. But
0: if you like deadpan, when, though, Jokic delivers.
1: Exactly. Jokic is like the master of the deadpan humor. And Jamal plays off of him really well. And so you have questions coming in for Joker. They're like, how many times did you touch a basketball this summer? He says a couple and, and you have jamal next to him just shaking his head like he's he's not touching a basketball at all while, while he's playing <laughs> with the force serbia um so there's a lot of that jamal gets asked about um his decision not to join team canada at the at the fiba world cup and jokic sort of makes a quip that jamal knew that serbia was going to beat him anyway so he ran away from that uh so like i Clearly, just the the two of them having been together for such a long time at this point like colors their chemistry and sort of makes for a, a more entertaining duo when they're together than when they're alone. Maybe, but uh, KCP and DeAndre Ayton were pretty solid together too. Eight, wait, uh, or, oh, did sorry. you say
0: DeAndre Ayton?
1: <laughs> I I have all the recent trades on my mind. <laughs> Wrong DeAndre. Uh, no, yeah, Jordan uh, goes up there. DJ is trying to get Jeff Green on the phone as he's stepping up to the table. And, and KCP says, says I think uh, Jeff Green's probably doing his own media day right now, but he's, <laughs> which he does to be aware of. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jeff Green did not answer so oh
0: oh, that's a bummer that's a bummer so uh one of the things uh you know sort of the biggest i'd I'd say story to come out of you know anything that can really come out of a media day function uh contract stuff jamal uh murray talks about you know or talked about uh not not getting an extension over the summer not sending an extension essentially he he sort of danced around it it seems like a little bit he didn't come out and say like i'm gonna I'm going for for the big payday, uh, but and and almost in some ways, his comments seem to indicate that he wasn't going for the big payday. Uh, that that he seemed to not care about the regular season as much, or was not as motivated as, say his head coach was Michael Malone very much, uh, sort of spurring on the notion. You know, stuff that we've said before. Uh, hey. I want to see you do it in November and December um, the whole
1: season. Yeah, it it was a little odd. He, he, uh, first of all, I asked Calvin Booth about it when, when he spoke in and Booth's, uh, comments about it were basically if Jamal wants an extension, then he's got one. We value him extremely highly. And when he's ready to have that conversation, we're ready to have it too. So, uh, it's available. He, he said that uh, the last, basically the latest, as far as he knew with Jamal's agent, uh, Jeff Schwartz, was that uh, they were not ready to have that conversation yet, which clearly indicates basically that Jamal Murray is ready to bet on himself this season and uh, try and earn that bonus toward a Supermax deal. Uh, however, and, and Jamal said himself that they have not had those conversations yet. Either he did not say specifically that... Um, it was because he wanted to bet on himself and try and earn those individual honors this season though. He sort of, you know, it it can be a little hard to tell if he's playing coy or not, but, but he said he doesn't know how all that stuff works basically. Yeah.
0: Somebody has told him, I would think, right. Someone
1: (laughs) has told him how this works. I mean, that's Uh, a
0: significant amount of money, uh, that that's at stake. I, is it, I'm I think I know how this works but I want to I want you to back it up for me. Is it he has to be all NBA or is it All-Star? Is it both? Just one of those?
1: All NBA is is my understanding. Uh the all I think it's it's gotten a little mixed up because of the new superstar, or not superstar the star resting rules right. have sort of combined all NBA with All-Star um but my understanding is you have to be all NBA in order to get the supermax bonus, um, which is what happened with Jalen Brown this last season. Right. So,
0: right. Uh, I, that's just such, I mean, being all NBA an all NBA guard, there's so many good guards. It's such a hard thing to do.
1: Um, it is, but I, here's the thing, Jamal Murray, I mean, as, Michael Malone said, quote, ridiculous in the playoffs uh, last season. We have seen in multiple postseasons now how good Jamal Murray is and can be in high octane, high leverage minutes when he is playing a lot and is relied on a lot. Um, He was averaging 40 minutes a game across 20 games. He averaged 26.1 points, I think it was, Mm -hmm. um, seven assists or so per game, was involved in a huge defensive stop at the end of the Lakers series that was probably one of the signature moments of that championship run. Uh, he, he like His value as much as all the talk was Jokic, 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 and, and certainly that was deserved with the triple-doubles he was posting and, and the MVPs that he won in both the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. Murray was like, we shouldn't forget that at halftime of Game Four of the Lakers series, Murray was probably in position to win MVP of that series, just as much as if not more than Jokic was. And then Jokic had a monstrous second half that sort of bolstered his stats and and pushed him across the finish line. But yeah, but I mean,
0: it, the, the, here's the problem though: it's you're talking about the postseason. We had exactly. not, and and this is what Michael Malone got at, which is uh, yeah. you know essentially, hey. Uh, we know you can do it because you've done it in the postseason, in the biggest games, on the biggest moments, on the biggest stage. Hey, what about a Thursday in November? You know, and doing that consistently, night in, night out. Because if you're going to be all NBA and all NBA guard uh, at that, you're going to probably have to average somewhere around that twenty-five. You know, twenty-five points, seven assists. You know, you're going to have to have big numbers, and he has not approached those yet. In the regular he is season, not.
1: no, no, certainly not. I, and it, you hit on it, but like that was Malone's point essentially. And like I don't, I don't think that anyone doubts him, that Murray is capable of it because of what he has done in the postseason. Um, but it's a different story in terms of the minutes, in terms of the effort level that sort of gets is tended to be put forth early in the season. Versus in the playoffs, uh, you sort of want to budget yourself and pace yourself a little bit early in the season. And that was something that Murray pointed out. So like the media day order, Michael Malone was one of the first to talk and said straight up, my challenge for Jamal Murray is to be an all-star, is to be all NBA this year. Um, And then it comes to Jamal Murray uh, an hour later throughout the course of, of these two by two press conferences and... He guess he gets asked about that, about you know, what is the key to ramping it up a little earlier in the season and, and reaching those highs in October and November. And speaking of the back and forth with him and Jokic, Jokic sort of came in immediately and was like, Well, he's playing fewer minutes those months. And <laughs> and so and Jamal was like, Yeah, I'm probably gonna play eight fewer minutes per game. Uh, I don't expect to match those numbers at that time of year, because of that. And you know, his his main priority is being ready for the playoffs, like more yeah. so than. And, and and he said he which, was asked, which is up,
0: obviously counter to his contract situation.
1: Exactly, exactly. He was asked if he wants to be an all star this year too. He was like, "Yes, I would love to accomplish that," but. Um, but his I mean, the theme of of that press conference was essentially like the most important thing to him is winning another championship. Uh, the most important thing to him in the regular season is building himself toward the postseason. So he was he was spot on with the minutes thing, by the way. Last season, he uh, through Christmas. He played 32 minutes per game. So that was which, off uh,
0: ACL surgery, though. I mean, that, that was exa- so he'll yeah. probably play more, I would think
1: that's the on. other thing this this year does feel like he has a greater opportunity to sort of achieve those individual milestones because he's coming out of a fully healthy offseason even if it was a shorter one than most teams got yeah. like um, it is a totally different situation when you can trust your body going into the year which which he was sort of at the point last season where he wasn't all the way there even Michael Porter Jr. pretty much said straight up the other day, both of us were rehabbing during the season while playing a little bit, which so it was an odd dynamic to try and work their way through that. Um, So yeah, those minutes could go up, but also maybe they won't because like the Nuggets do want to be careful with Jamal Murray. And I think teams generally gain a greater understanding after making a championship run that, they need to be careful about the regular season. There's a new perspective that you can gain from understanding that the regular season is not uh, the most important thing in the world anymore and that, you know, you want to win games, but
0: I feel like this, important- this whole conversation is like drawing a big red circle around how absolutely stupid the CBA is that oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that there is any money incentive To being All-NBA or an All-Star, like any of that stuff. Like I could see if like there was actual incentives in the contract saying we're going to give you a bonus for those things. But tying the max deals to those, the super max deals to those just is so dumb. I do not know why they do that.
1: It is pretty outrageous. And then on top of that, the player participation policy that (laughs) is introduced is further incentivizing uh those media voted honors which like it's a tough spot because when it comes to like all nba and all star and stuff like that like unbiased media should generally be the is probably like the most accurate way to do it where you get a large sample size uh across the country of people who are covering the game instead of who are fans of it or whatever but like that shouldn't be deciding no. people's contracts, and, <laughs> no. and it and it shouldn't be dictating how much like rest a player is able to have. And now, I, to be specific about the rules, it, the the new PPP, uh, it, there's there's a series of policies to it, but the central one that has probably earned the most talk is that teams cannot rest multiple healthy stars quote-unquote um right. in the same game
0: well luckily the nuggets only have one
1: exactly <laughs> defining the star player is the first key and what is a star player defined as someone who has earned uh, all-star and or all nba honors in the previous three seasons jamal murray has done neither of those things so you have teams like golden state and even minnesota who have four players right. qualifying stars and then you have denver the defending champions, uh, with one star on their roster. Absurd. So.
0: Absolutely absurd. So I, I so got the, I, I got the numbers in front of me. Uh, so Jamal last three seasons, yeah. 19, 19.8 points per game, 5.3 assists per game, four rebounds per game in the playoffs, 25, 6.3, five. I think if he's going to be all NBA, he's going to have to be really close to those playoff numbers. Like it, it's going to have to be in that
1: range. It it does. It it certainly cannot be under 20 um per game. I mean right. like especially especially with as you mentioned the depth of of guard play in the league and if if and- I were
0: to give uh Calvin Booth truth serum, would he say, "You know what? I kind of don't want him to get all NBA." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here here's the other thing uh that's pretty important is uh I believe the requisite uh number of games played is 65. Right. Uh in a season either that there's there's some other caveat that involves I like, think it's
0: 55 know. actually. I could be wrong though. Uh we'll, we'll have Aaron look that up. Aaron Aaron, Aaron will look that up for
1: Check us. me on that. But there's some caveat involving like an injury at the end of the season and if you've played in 62 or something like that maybe um but generally it it is around that number Jamal Murray played exactly 65 games last season before that he hadn't played more than that since 2018-19 so and obviously the injury plays a massive role in that you also have the covid seasons which shorten the regular season from 82 games down to the 72 range. Um, so it's a different story, but Murray just has not had like experience playing massive workloads since pre COVID essentially. Right. Um, so that's another element to it. The, the nuggets in a way are sort of blessed by the, the PPP because if, they want, they can rest Jokic and Murray in the same game. Uh, right.
0: But, By the way, it is 65 games. You're right.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you have opportunities to rest them in the same game, it's probably smart. And especially if they're back to backs and, right. you know, a number of things you're coming off a short off you should be careful with these guys and their health. Uh, but, when so much money is on the line and the stats are crucial and Murray seems to be betting on himself for that's the direction we're headed at this point. Uh, like you need to play, you need to play and you need to play good minutes. So it's, it's sort of a weird balance that they're going to have to handle. Uh, I think Malone and Murray will probably have conversations about load management throughout the season um but malone obviously is the one who has challenged him to earn those individual honors so uh, it's it's going to be a sort of a tricky balance just between how to handle that i guess it it's it's fascinating it, they he still could sign an extension um before well, the
0: season right right and 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 i think you know If, if, if I were him, I would just let it play out because they're going to, they're probably going to offer you the money you can get right now later anyway. You know, they're, they're not just going to pull it. Like even let's say he, that, you know, worst possible scenario, he has another ACL tear. They're probably still going to offer him that money. Right. Like I, so like, what's the point of signing it now? If by some chance you do make all NBA, just, you know, see what happens. I, I'm a little skeptical. he can do it um not that i don't think he's a great player but i just i think that it's there are so many great players that don't get all nba um and then you have to you have to think about the guys that uh that are he's competing with you know oh apologies we had a technical issue there we're back um we were talking about all nba i'm just going to read off to you uh, the guys that were all NBA last year. And just to give you an idea of the hurdle that that must be climbed for, for Jamal. Luka Doncic, he's probably a lock to do it again this year, barring injury. Shay yes. Gilgis-Alexander, probably the same. Donovan Mitchell, I, I, I could see him passing Donovan. Um, who knows? Uh, I can't. Steph Curry. That's a tough one. <laughs> that's a real tough one. Uh, Deon, De'Aaron Fox, I, that, entirely possible he could surpass De'Aaron Fox. So. Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, the recently traded Damian Lillard. That's your guards from
1: last year. So, Lillard's position to have better numbers now with Milwaukee, I think. Yeah, which is a team that's just going to try to outscore everyone. So right,
0: right, and and I'm not even listing off in there. Devin Booker, uh, Trey Young. Um, John ja Morant, although John ja, ja Morant's not going to be eligible this time because he's suspended for thirty yep. some odd games. Uh, so, uh, bottom line, he's got it's going to be tough. Uh, but if he can do it, you know, good for him. He's going to have the money. You, if you're a Nuggets fan, maybe you're kind of sneakily like hoping he doesn't because that that opens up some more cap space for the future. Yep,
1: you're already. Dealing that with that when you're a champion, it, it everything gets a little tighter. So right. uh, it, it can be a blessing in disguise, I guess, for fans or for the front office that he has not earned those honors yet. I, it does help a lot that Jaw won't be eligible. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, um, that that makes a huge difference. And I think I've said this to you before, Matt. But the I think the person on the Nuggets whose reputation benefited from winning a title most might have been Jamal Murray even more so than Nikola Jokic. Oh, I, I think
0: uh, there's no doubt about that.
1: I... I this summer, like I'll just I'll scroll through different player rankings that certain outlets uh publish and update every offseason and and the jump that Murray has made from being the number two on a championship team is pretty sizable. Like I he's sorta of consistently coming in the top 20 in those types of lists now, or at least top 25, which he was sort of borderline inside, outside of before. So um, it, you know, I, I, it makes a difference to have won a championship. He's got more national limelight now as a result of that. Uh, People will sort of just be more aware of him, but he still has to put up the stats. That's sort of the bottom line.
0: Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> Moving on here, um, one of the things that came up in the last couple days—it wasn't even at Nuggets Media Day. This was elsewhere. Uh, the Lakers are just offended by by what happened with the Nuggets here winning their championship. Um, I guess I, I don't know. Uh, Vic's comments really got to them at the uh, at the championship parade. I I I, I don't quite get i was when i saw the story i think i saw like on espn or something about how you know mm. they 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 took offense to the nuggets uh trash talk i was like wait a second what, what happened <laughs> i don't i don't remember what this is but apparently there's something there
1: <laughs> my my reaction exactly <laughs> i in the what yeah i i have dave mcmenneman's story up um at ESPN about this and like the Laker, multiple Lakers have commented on apparent trash talk from the nuggets that's been going on this summer. Um, unspecified trash. talk. I <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the players don't specifically mention like what one person said. Um, the two most obvious examples, the only ones that sort of make sense are, uh and and these are mentioned in McMenamin's story are Lakers daddy Lakers daddy uh from Vic Lombardi uh after during the championship parade he introduced Michael Malone as the Lakers daddy uh, right. and that, that one is, there's very little subtext with that. So <laughs> no, know, it's, it's obvious,
0: but it's also Vic Lombardi. It's not the nuggets that are saying
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, the second one is Malone himself, uh, going on the Pat McAfee show and saying, quote, speaking of the Lakers, I just want you guys to know this is breaking news. I'm thinking about retiring. So don't <laughs> yeah, tell right. anybody. Right, um, and we know what he's well,
0: referring to there. That that that, that yeah. LeBron stole the Nuggets' thunder uh, post game four by basically saying, "I may or may not play next year," when everybody knew that he was going to be playing this season. It was
1: yeah. obvious, and and the it was sort of the culmination of multiple weeks of Nuggets' frustration boiling over with with national media attention, yes. basically. The, yeah. the you know ESPN's spin on every game was, what can well the Suns look optimistic after this game, or the Lakers right. may have lost, but look at what Rui Hachimura has, has done <laughs> to that sort of thing, right. that was clearly irking Malone and the Nuggets, uh, and it you know I, LeBron making those comments immediately after a moment of glory for the Nuggets finally getting to the finals. Uh, I guess that was sort of the the tipping point for them. So not a lot of LeBron
0: got swept talk, uh, when all of a sudden he's talking about, uh, retiring.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So look, look, I'm not saying it wasn't maybe smart on his part to do that. Like sort of brilliant from a PR standpoint, (laughs) (laughs) But, but uh, you can understand why it would upset the Nuggets, I guess, uh, as oh, yeah. they were already um, sort of frustrated by some of this. But, I, look, the thing that I can't get over is just how funny it is to imagine LeBron James sending in a team group chat uh, a video of Vic Lombardi. <laughs> 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 it's it's <Yeah>. like, what? <laughs> yeah,
0: it. the whole thing was pretty – Crazy. i remember watching the parade and being like why is vic talking about the lakers i, I, I yeah, didn't yeah, they just kn- beat who, the heat i don't i don't understand uh, yeah
1: i know exactly <laughs> I, who knows how it made the rounds uh exactly but i mean clearly they saw that it was you know you know we we know vic here it was he's he's a masterful entertainer i would say it <laughs> Yeah. times and so you know he he knew I think what he was doing when he said yeah, that juice but up the
0: crowd get that get that crowd sure. nice and juiced up
1: absolutely and uh you know it, it it seems to have bothered the Lakers but the funny thing about it is that it just seems to be that and not anything that like a player said no. like I truly have not been able to find any examples of a Nuggets player this summer saying something disparaging about the Lakers or, or right. trash talk-ish about well, the
0: Lakers. Well, I will say this. Um, multiple Nuggets, I believe Bruce Brown in particular, basically said like, oh, our toughest series was actually against the Timberwolves. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, I think wasn't. was very obviously saying like, eh, the Lakers weren't nothing. Uh, you but know, but
1: was, it, was it the Lakers or was it... The Suns? Was that sort of, yeah, I sort of interpreted it as more so Suns-related. Um, they. I mean, That's the series that went six games. It's the series where there was a little bit of tension with the Matt Ishbia thing with yeah. Nikola Jokic. Yeah, it,
0: like, yeah, looking at the comments again, it's definitely Phoenix. I, it, but I, I could see where maybe they they read it as, as the Lakers. The Lakers read it as the Lakers, I, I should say. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's, it is... It's just peculiar. Like I, that feels like a reach a little bit. Like I, I am, you know, people got to find Bolton board material. Right. It was probably a little bit of a reach sometimes from Malone to,
0: Oh, probably.
1: To like, <laughs> you, you think
0: probably it was a reach
1: <laughs> Look, I, I respect the hustle. This is, <laughs> we're literally watching Dion Sanders pull off like some of the most miraculous, uh, reaching for Bolton board material oh. of all time oh he's he's right. he's
0: yeah he's hall of fame level he and malone i i think you know they they must talk they they must
1: Surely. commiserate
0: yeah. because i have not seen two people uh somehow squeeze disrespect out of the smallest possible thing uh yes. and milk it as as much as they possibly can
1: maybe Nikola Jokic stood at the edge of the Lakers logo uh, <laughs> at Crypto.com Arena before one of the Western Conference final games and and you know what yeah. that made it personal yeah
0: that did make it personal that that that's when it got personal it's it's kind of i whenever i try to picture Nikola Jokic trash talking i i just i, I can't imagine what the, i mean i could see him having some sort of you know cuz he is a deadpan hum- humor guy uh, breaking that out on occasion, but like, do you think he, maybe two or three times in his entire career he's ever tr- talked trash? I can't, I can't even like,
1: picture that. I'm brand new here. I, I can't picture it. That's <laughs> for sure. I
0: mean, like, he's, he's kind of like Tim Duncan in that, you know, T- Duncan, like, you know, he, he, he famously, like, ang- what's that?
1: He'll get angry.
0: Yes, yes, he'll get angry. But like, if you remember Duncan, like, there'd be guys that'd be like, yeah, I was playing against him, And then I, you know, try to post move on him, And then on the way down the court, he'd be like, yo, you should have actually done a drop step there and used your, used your off elbow to, uh, to, to protect the shot. He, like that, that was his way of talking trash.
1: The one example I can think of that's not even trash talk uh, is after one of the ridiculous things threes that he made during that series it might have been like at the end of a third quarter over ad and ad's reaction is clearly like like bro what am i supposed to do like that sort of throw the head back i i want to say that nicola shrugged or something like (laughs) like uh sorry (laughs) but like that's i don't think he said anything it's you know clearly he seemed aware that it was a little bit of a lucky shot too. So like, that's the extent of it I can think of from Jokic. Right. I, I could be wrong. Who knows? But I, I could see it, him
0: trash talking Nurkic, like, you know, some, yeah, somebody yeah. like that. Like I could see that happen, which speaking of let's, let's get to the moves here. Um, bunch of, bunch of well, I shouldn't say a bunch of trades, a few trades, um, happened right before, uh, the start of training camp for all these teams. Uh, Damian Lillard, Going from Portland to Milwaukee, uh, Drew Holiday going from Milwaukee to Portland, but then all of a sudden to Boston. Nurkic now with Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton now with Portland. Uh, other bits and pieces. Uh, I believe Ted Cruz Jr. is now with the Suns. Um, yes. uh, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of who else of note. Uh, not, not, no other big names, but. Those are huge names all moving at the deadline going to uh you know three different contenders. If we're we're shaking this out, which one of those three do you think is in the best possible better possible position than they were like made the most gains, I should say as a title contender. Is it Milwaukee, Boston, and then Phoenix 3? Is that how you see it or do you see it some other way? Boston. Oh, you think Bo- wow. But Bo- what <laughs> Damian Lillard goes over to Milwaukee and you say,
1: is that that even that hot of a take? I it's, it's hot for me. I, I, I Aaron Antaveras
0: is shrugging his shoulders at me and shaking his head. No, but I, I mean, Damian Lillard.
1: I'm really high on Damian Lillard and I'm obviously high on Giannis because who isn't. Uh, and I think they like make sense as a pretty perfect duo, honestly, uh, I think it's sort of a more fun situation in the East than it would have been if he had gone to Miami, uh, which, by the way, just like a hilarious way for things to shake out. Oh, so
0: great. Uh, and also, like, just an aside, the Miami media contingent, the way that they reacted to that trade was okay. unbearable. Oh, but you would have thought like that they had taken one of Damien Lillard's children in Portland. Like I, I, I mm-hmm. cannot believe the reaction that I saw from some of the Lebitard, all these other people. Like, absolute insanity.
1: Uh, it was. It it certainly helps um, fuel that flame when Jimmy Butler is going on the Instagram story and, <laughs> and calling out tampering. So... <laughs> yeah. Tyler heroes agreeing all of that sort of stuff. Um, There's something kind of funny about
0: Miami accusing other teams of tampering. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Really? Get uh, out of here. Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, they were clearly butthurt. Um, I, I wondered if, if Lillard himself would be a little butthurt at first, but like, I feel like even if he was in the moment, He's gonna get there and realize, oh, this is my chance to win. Right. Uh I fit with Giannis really well. The fans are really passionate here in Milwaukee. Like I think he'll end up liking it. Yeah. Um It's even, kind of like the
0: Midwest's Portland, really. I, I would I would make yeah. that argument. It is a the Portland of the Midwest, having lived near both of those places.
1: Uh you would be the more credible source on that than <laughs> I would. But, um but sure. Yeah, totally. So it's um,
0: underrated city. I love Milwaukee.
1: I, I can't wait to go in June. Um, no, I, I'm going to be in Boston in June. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: because Boston so won.
1: I think I think Boston has a better like overall starting five still, and I think they have a better six maybe too. Um, yeah, but
0: who's if if you're if you're shaking out all right, who are the top five players in this series? Um, it's Giannis one, right? I think we agree on that. Giannis one. Yeah. I know you're from St. Louis, but it come on. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Uh it's Jason Tatum two. And then I think it's Damian Lord, three. I don't think it's Jalen Brown.
1: I think so too.
0: So you're talking about two of the best three players are on Milwaukee. Uh and it's not like Chris Middleton, although he has to be healthy. So
1: if we're if we're doing this exercise with Denver though, it's Jokic and Giannis and then is it is it Willard or is it? Yeah, Murray? it's low,
0: it's Lowered above Murray, but uh, so cool. but but the thing is, is then it's like two or three other nuggets before you get to uh, maybe Chris Middleton falls in there, but I I think they've got a little bit more depth, a little bit more quality on their on their starting five.
1: I I understand that like the roster building mindset in the NBA today is how good can our two best players be like the two man game is, is sort of the center of the league right now. Um, and obviously with Jokic and Murray, like that's, that's a, a benchmark right now in every way. Uh, but I think there's something to be said for like the quality of Boston's top five or top six, if they're healthy. Um, I might, maybe I'm drinking a little too much Kristaps' cool. I was about but- to say, what
0: about that Kristaps? Yeah, is is he going to be healthy? Can you count on him to be in the playoffs?
1: That's, that's what I just said. If they can all be healthy, <laughs> but I mean, like, but look, if you're playing this with Denver, it, you can say, like, do you trust Jamal Murray to be healthy? Do you trust Michael Porter Jr. to be healthy? Yes.
0: Uh, well, n- not so much Michael Porter Jr. But but Jamal Murray, yes. I he's basically okay. got one so- catastrophic injury, and in that's it
1: fair enough that's still a i'm just i'm literally only playing devil's advocate here because i think i trust jamal murray's health but like you can just as easily make that case one who's only a year removed from being in recovery mode from from a catastrophic injury right right no i i like i like the celtics a lot i also um i like Derek white a lot uh, big Colorado take right there I know um, but, but I think like an increased role for him will be helpful. I think it was risky everything they did obviously losing Marcus smart um is right you know a, it's that's a, a risk too but like he was and the time Lord
0: by the way time Lord's gone
1: yeah yeah um by the way Rob Williams and Aiton, both in Portland is not something. That's that is odd. Yeah. I know what to make of that. Maybe they try to flip one of them again at some point, but yeah, I uh, feel
0: like they're in the flipping game now they're just flipping as much as they can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're having fun with it. Um, good for them, but like, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I sort of, I'm buying into the depth that Boston has right now. I think, um, I think Drew makes your team better. Like he just does. I'm pretty high on him even if it might've been the right move for Milwaukee to part with him to end up with Damian Lillard. Like I, hmm. I don't think either of them is a loser in the last couple weeks. I think both teams have gotten better, but I think I'd maybe take Boston in seven or Boston, maybe even Boston in six right now, if they hmm. were to play.
0: I feel like this is the St. Louis coming out in you right here. You're, you're just predisposed to seeing Jason Tatum finish on top.
1: I'm I'm look, i sure sure I guess I but the 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 reason I'm saying this is not even because of Tatum because Tatum is not as good of a basketball player as Giannis uh but I mean like he's capable of making a jump to being a borderline top five guy in the league I think and you know you're bolstered by a lot of solid talent around you um I think uh, Jalen Brown hopefully won't have to handle the ball quite as much. Um,
0: yeah, that's. It, uh, I, I saw a video of him dribbling with his left hand today.
1: That it, was going <laughs> down. <laughs> that's the, not good. the Celtics him dirty. They posted that on their own Instagram page, and it's and it's him just casually dribbling in the foreground, and he switches to the left hand and suddenly yeah. has trouble controlling the ball it gets ugly
0: (laughs) it gets real ugly real quick yeah yeah all right well um
1: how would you rank it Matt well
0: I, I well I think I would I would go Milwaukee one um because I just think that Damian Millard is is such a good uh big game player um and he's never I mean say what you will about LaMarcus Aldridge he's a fine player he's not Giannis um and they still have a bunch of other guys around them. I like Connaughton. I like Lopez. Uh, I, I like Middleton if he's healthy. Uh, if Middleton's your number three, like that's pretty good.
1: Um, if Drew's your number three, that's still pretty good. Yes. Even if he was maybe technically the Bucks' number three when they won the championship. He was. A couple of
0: years. He was their number And And he actually, like if you look at his offensive contributions in the playoffs, he was a little inconsistent. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, especially shooting wise, like, you know, you're getting great defense and, and certainly they lost a great defender in that, in that trade. Uh, but Lillard, you know, some of this might be, I lived in, you know, near Portland for a, a few years and saw some of those playoff runs. Uh, he is just so good in the playoffs, um, that I, I think I just respect that a lot. Um, and you know, I do think the Celtics got better. Uh I am uh a little skeptical about their big man rotation. I mean, you're once again they are kind of depending on Al Horford again and what was he? Like 38. Like
1: yeah, but he's old.
0: I'm sorry, like he's getting up there. Um he's a he's a fine player. He's got, you know, smart player, but um I I guess I just don't see When I I look at their big man rotation, I think that's a flaw, and that could be a problem. Brooke
1: Lopez is 35, by the way.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't need to move well. He's just massive. (laughs) He's just a a big, massive dude who knows where to be on the court. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. You're not alone. I'm looking at the Ringers rankings, and they've got Boston number two behind the uh, the Denver Nuggets, um, followed by Milwaukee at three and the Suns at four. Uh, I do think – It is those four teams. Do I think I, I think so just because they got Jokic. Uh, I I think, you know, Jokic just turned in a playoff season uh, that um, ranks. If you, if you just go by counting stats, it ranks number two, all time to something that Kareem did, uh, you know, back in the seventies. So not even Michael Jordan uh, did, did what he just did. I, I think he's just so good uh it's and he's so so dependable that it's kind of hard to go against him at this point um
1: yeah yeah i think i would agree i think you, when you have the same starting five that just won the championship then uh it's hard to not be number 1 so
0: right right and all of those guys have more confidence they you know aaron gordon is a different player now because he's won a championship kcp is is who he is Um, Jamal Murray, as you said, like, I think has elevated to another level. Um, I, and you know, Michael Porter jr. I think if I have, if I'm talking about my biggest worry with them, it is the health of Michael Porter jr. Is he going to be available? I, I, you know, at some point like that could bite them, but.
1: So about that today, (laughs) Michael Porter jr. Tweaked his ankle in practice. (laughs)
0: So we're off to a good start. That's good. That's uh, good. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Michael Malone said he that no one expects it to be anything serious. It's probably fine, but it did happen on the <laughs> second day of training camp. Uh, yeah. he an ankle, All right. So
0: let's put a yeah. pin in that thought. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, come back in a second. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to make sure that you knew about our special Nuggets championship book. The title, Gold Standard. How the Denver Nuggets Won Their First NBA Championship, the premier championship book for the Denver Nuggets and their first title. It is absolutely fantastic. Any Nuggets fan you know will love this book. You might too. Who knows? You can find it online at store.denverpost.com and at local bookstores. Pick up a copy, Christmas gift, Hanukkah gift, Halloween gift, Valentine's, it's good for all occasions. Give it a look. All right, that was a hell of a break there. What'd you do on the break there?
1: Me? Yeah. Well, I just what, what, sat. I sat in this chair in my hotel room and yeah. did nothing at all. I that's, looked up at at the baseball game that's playing on the tv the twins won congratulations wow. to them wow
0: two in a row after 18 losses that that is I that know. is something else scott Montserrat, our our former uh boss will be a very happy man he was he grew up a twins fan
1: um, i'm a little disappointed because the cardinals might be replacing them as as the kings of playoff choking right now they've lost 10 of nine of their last 10 i, so. I mean
0: I don't know. Like at least they get there (laughs) that that, that's ask a a Colorado Rockies fan, how they feel about, uh, what, what the Cardinals have done in the postseason.
1: Yeah, that's fair. But nine out of 10 isn't good. I was about (laughs) to ask who you think is the king of, uh, NBA playoff choking. And then I was like, that's not even a question because of Philly, but yeah,
0: that's definitely (laughs) it's, it's Philly, Philly. Number one, um, uh, I don't think you can call what happened to Milwaukee last year choking because Giannis got injured. That, that Yeah,
1: that, that there is a good point there. They've had a couple of rough looks. Um but usually Giannis being hurt has something to do with it. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, there's only so much you can do there. I'll, and well, I you know, I'm sure a Philly fan would counter um that Embiid is always hurt, but like that's kind of like just Embiid's em- mo at this point that's like part of the package deal is like that he's going to be probably hobbled running around like a 40 year old man by the end of the season
1: you can't not get to an eastern conference final and avoid the the choking conversation when right. they're a right. top seed in the east consistently so. speaking
0: of the 76ers guess who's in colorado
1: the Joel, 76ers? Joel
0: Embiid and the 76ers. And I believe uh James Harden showed up today too. Uh just for fun. Uh he he uh he was out there. Uh do you think do you think he ends up playing with Philly? Like what, what do you how do you think that plays out?
1: I don't even know how to like talk about this or make <laughs> guesses about it because I just like it is a a pretty special situation. Like yes. I, I I saw some tweets that were basically the point was like it, it's pretty special to watch the greatest uh be great and do what they do best and of course with James Harden that is demanding trades and <laughs> teams uh, so so we're witnessing him at his peak right now if that is the uh, yeah. In his crime, I guess it's uh, definitely
0: nobody has been a better trade demander than than our guy James Harden. And I mean, I,
1: th- I mean, like three is the all time record, right? I don't, I don't think anyone's done more than three teams. Uh,
0: Charles Barkley did two, um, and I'm trying to think of if there's anybody. I can't. Nothing, nobody comes to mind. Uh, I mean, like
1: Kyrie recently. Obviously. Yeah,
0: he's Kyrie's like in his own category. He, he's, you know, there, there's only one, there there can be only one Kyrie. Yeah. James Harden. I, I, I don't even know what you get back for him though. I like who is like anxious to add him to, to their team. Maybe Miami. I don't know.
1: I mean, that's the duplicity of what's going on with him is like, you can't sabotage a team and demand a trade from a third different team and expect that other teams will want you and right. right. and that they won't expect the same thing to happen with them, right? So yeah. like
0: Yeah, exactly. He's there there's a there's a time uh there's a time frame for him and it always ends with him demanding a trade. That's 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 yeah. the end of the loop is the, the trade demand. I uh I gotta say it's a little weird maybe that they're in Colorado. What what are your thoughts there?
1: Uh, The first thing I thought when I saw that they were going to Fort Collins was, are the nuggets in their head? Are they, (laughs) right? Right. Are, are they planning for a Nuggets Sixers NBA finals? Um, And, and so today actually Sam Amick uh, with the athletic published a story. Uh, He had talked with, Nick nurse about this very topic and nurse said that the main reason they were there was basically to escape uh, the high media pressure of the East coast and get to a more remote location where not as many people will follow them there and they can have team bonding in a way that is uh, that cleanses everything I guess um, obviously the Harden thing puts a a wrench in that a little bit, but, but so that was bit. part he, of the, he called, he called
0: the GM a liar in China multiple and at times a
1: club night. Right. What he had like a, a party at a club and yes. they were like, yeah, they were like, <laughs> there's signs or something about being a liar. So <laughs> yeah. again, just like amazing stuff. He's, he's the best in the world at it, yeah, but yeah. Um, unbelievable. But, moves, but, but Yeah. So, I mean, I think the solitude was one factor um, and which is like a fair point. I'm thinking about it from our perspective. It's like if the Nuggets did this somewhere like in like Nevada, like rural Nevada, a couple hours from Vegas, then it would be harder to get there and harder for us to to plan to be there for a week than it is in San Diego right mm. so uh, so I mean caps off I guess in the media avoidance game <laughs> um, but but the other thing the other thing that Nick Nurse sort of I guess half conceded um, to to Amick in this story was that uh, the altitude was a factor and they figured a week of working out at 5,000 feet would be beneficial to them in the season and maybe even Beneficial to them if they happen to encounter the Denver Nuggets. Good uh, luck,
0: good luck, guys. Good.
1: (laughs) It, yeah. Which again, like, sure, you know, we're we've been on the theme of like motivation and teams finding reasons to do things that might be a reach, but more power to them, and all that. So, like, you know, more power to you, also. But I don't think the Sixers are going to the finals, so. So that element might be moot at this
0: point. Um, All right. I'm going to fire some stuff at you. We're going to get a quick fire here. Get your thoughts on this. Topic number one, Christian Brown beard. Is it actually a beard?
1: It, it made me feel powerful (laughs) that he, he, he came up there and was asked what element of your game, what, what skill are you working on most this off season? And he said, First of all, I grew a beard. That was a mandate. Um, and, then, and then our dearly beloved Mike Singer followed up and asked uh, whose mandate that was. And Christian Brown said, it was my mandate. This is what we call a beard, turning his head to show off minimal stubble at best. <laughs> uh, so, look. It makes the facial hair growth deprived people of the world, such as me, uh, feel empowered that that Christian Brown would say such a thing. It's definitely not a beard, but but I'll ride with it.
0: Uh, he he's going to be a pretty critical part of this team. Um, yep and uh, kind of has to deliver if they're going to win a championship. Um, I mean, they could, they could still win one without him being a key cog, but I think he's going to have to play minutes. Uh, what, what was your impression just to him in general from, from that day?
1: Yeah. Uh, the more serious answer he gave to the uh, question about what he's been working on is, is his jump shot and his ball handling. He said that he wants to be a 40% three point shooter and, um, if there is maybe a sense that some people in the audience were scoffing and he was like, that's absolutely realistic. Um, okay. Response to that. So, I, I'm, I'm
0: kind of scoffing a little bit, a little bit. Sure, of scoff. I, mean,
1: I mean, but like, what else are you going to do if you're a shooting guard? Are you going to say your goal is like 33%? Like. Uh, <laughs> Right. Right. I'm I'm just, I'm trying
0: to picture the ball handling three point shooting Christian Brown. And that, that is, I'm not seeing it right now.
1: Right. Yeah. So I look, I asked Calvin Booth about, you know, the hardest aspect of Bruce Brown's game to replace. And, um, you know, he and Michael Malone both pointed out that they don't really have a player that fits that profile, Um, of Bruce Brown coming off the bench right now and so it has to be by committee but as Calvin pointed out the most apples to apples uh, sort of replacement in terms of minutes is probably going to be Christian Brown and he's not going to be handling the ball as much he's not going to be on ball maybe as much as Bruce Brown was Um, he's not going to be the point guard but he clearly Christian Brown wants to take it upon himself to work on that element of his game so that maybe that means he earns more of those opportunities. Maybe it means that he can just sort of handle himself a little better if he is needed for that type of role at all during the season. Uh, It's, it's sort of a situation where we don't entirely know what the second unit is going to look like yet. And I asked Michael about that um, today after practice in San Diego. And he said, uh, I truly don't have a sense yet of my second unit. I'm not given any minutes away at this point, especially to these young guys. Um, and then he sort of made the half exception of Christian Brown, having been a guy who was a key contributor last season. So, like, he is the certainty on that second unit, pretty much. I what, think it's safe to
0: what, what What is the most likely outcome as far as, like, the backup point guard is concerned? Is it... Is it I think uh, it's Reggie? Is it Reggie? You think it is Reggie? Okay, it's it's not our guy from Penn State. You don't you don't see that happening?
1: I don't probably not at first. I, it's possible. I mean, if he has a strong camp, um if booty ball is really moving Michael Malone, <laughs> then then maybe then maybe you'll find a way. I have a hard time imagining it's going to be a rookie on day one. I agree. Um I agree. And uh, think they're going to trust a veteran a little bit more uh reggie jackson was part of the organization a little bit last season even not for the full year and he he said yesterday that he feels a lot more confident and comfortable in this system getting a chance to sort of be a part of it from the beginning and from you know learn everything in training camp instead of being thrown into the mix mid-season so i i think it's probably reggie
0: i i i think you're right. And part of it's just because Michael Malone just does not like playing rookies. And and I it's it's hard for me to say see him, even with, you know, these four year college players, immediately mm-hmm. inserting them into a lineup. You gotta earn it with Mike. Uh, I agree. So it wasn't Michael, immediately Michael
1: either way. Was yes. That? It, it wasn't with was Christian Brown last year, really, was it? I mean that was, was that down took time. the time. Str- yeah, that took time. Yeah.
0: yeah. He's just yeah. he's not predisposed to giving rookies minutes right off the bat. It just doesn't have Bones was sort of an exception. And we saw how that went. Um so all right. Ne- next up, next up here, what is your favorite MPJ tattoo?
1: Um wow. It's <laughs> I guess it's got to be Jesus, right? with
0: toddler Mike.
1: Yeah, with toddler Mike. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be as funny if it wasn't toddler Mike. But no. <laughs> uh, that one's been making the rounds. Yes, um, yeah. That that is that's a work
0: of art. I, I mean, absolutely beautiful. I I I saw a picture of it a couple weeks ago. I think it was like on Reddit or something. I was like, oh my, I I. I would never have seen that coming. I, I, yeah. you know, you know, MPJ better than I do. You've been around him, uh, from, you know, the time when he was a youth. So you, you maybe you had a better read on this, but I, I, I didn't see it. coming.
1: No, I think I sort of did. I, I can't, I can't say that I know his tattoos all that well, though. Does he have a Missouri related tattoo?
0: There's a wolf, I believe. Uh, Aaron, Antaveras, he's with us here. Uh, Aaron, you, you can you can weigh in. What, what are the new tats here that we're seeing?
1: Um, from what I was able to see, we had uh, a curious Mike spotting toddler Mike in Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a two-faced wolf with a light shade on one side and a light shade on the other. That's good. That takes that's, up that's his entire own. inner forearm, I believe. And then he also had a moon cycle on the outside <laughs> of his wrist, which was quite lovely. Uh, a lot of super moons around. The nation uh the last couple weeks. So it's true. I, it, I he, it's he was in America, the mood for Moon. Right?
0: I, I like yeah. that he that you got a little bit of astrology, uh you go biblical, uh, and then you also bring in a wolf. Because why not?
1: What's next? Like some like Tolkien imagery, maybe
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that that would be good. That would be good. That would be good. Um all right, um let's see. Uh last one before uh before we go. Um Am I imagining something or did Jokic look a little doughy
1: coming in camp? Maybe. Not as doughy as he once was sure. yesteryear. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean like he's definitely not in as good of shape as he was during the NBA finals. Right. Uh after a full year of but, working
0: out after every game and, and, and
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's what he does. He goes and lists. But like, can you blame a guy for that? Like <laughs> no, he, no. you know, like he was just getting spotted by paparazzi at, at you know, concerts in Serbia. So various discotheques. Um, yes, exactly. So like I don't know. I he might have added a few pounds, but I wouldn't if he not to speculate about anyone's weight, but like if if he did, I also don't think it's something he's incapable of removing. You no. know, right. I, right, I I don't know. I, I I'll say this: uh, after the first day of training camp, Michael Malone said he was not sure what his veterans were going to look like um, on day one. He I I think the interpretation was sort of like you know that your rookies are going to be coming in there trying hard they've got something to prove at the very beginning here but your veterans they just want a championship there might be more of a tendency to look at it like yeah it's training camp whatever we're on top of the world um and so that that i think that's where the uncertainty stemmed from from, from alone but he thought that they clicked right away and uh, felt as though they did not miss a beat on that first day. I do think it helps. It looked like from team posted videos that the starters were playing against backups. Yes. I uh, saw,
0: I saw a few of those clips. Yeah. they were. There is, there's
1: was, one ridiculous clip of uh, uh, Jokic at the top of the key. I saw, uh,
0: I saw, I think this is the one that I saw too.
1: Yeah. Giving the entry pass. And I, I think it might be like a touch pass from Gordon to the corner Yes, and then EP gives a no look pass to MPJ on the wing and he sinks a three. Yes. Yeah.
0: It was, it was like Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington generals. It, it, it yes. were, they were just schooling them uh, m- mercilessly. Um, yeah. It, that, I saw those clips. That was when you see it, you're like, okay, they're fine. I, they'll be just fine. Uh, thing, things yes. are good. Uh, we're about to watch a lot of really good basketball for about eight or nine months. Uh, this should be fun.
1: Yeah. So, uh, maybe, maybe Nicole will struggle running up and down the court for a couple games. Uh, if that's the case, I don't think it will be more than that. I think he's going to be completely fine.
0: All right. Last one. I do know. I said last one, but I got one more. Nicole Jokic, MVP. He winning it again this year.
1: Uh, I think if I had to choose any one player to win it this year, I would choose him, but if I had to choose him or the field, maybe I would choose the field.
0: So, so not an overwhelming favorite, you don't think, is what you're saying? Because I'm I'm looking at odds right now, um, and Caesars has him uh, plus three seventy five, number one, followed by Giannis plus five hundred, Luca plus five fifty, Embiid plus eight fifty, Tatum plus nine hundred, Kevin Durant plus thirty That's a ter- you're throwing, you're burning your money on Kevin Durant that that's lighting your money on fire. Why would you do that? Uh, I, of all of those, I could see Luca winning it.
1: That's what I was about to say. I, I think if there's a year for him to do it, it might be this one. He looked like he was speaking of, uh, some chunky guys, some chunky Europeans, <laughs> uh, Luka Doncic looked a lot better at FIBA and right. was playing right. out of his mind there. I, I, like, obviously, where things were left off with the Dallas Mavericks, he was like depressed, Luca, and I don't like basketball anymore, Luca. But it seems like there has maybe been a, a, a reignition for him this summer. Uh, I think he's pretty driven. Like, there is a very realistic world this season yeah. where he finally gets that MVP. I, I just, think he'll get one.
0: I just hope that somebody said to him, Hey, Luca, uh, maybe you don't bitch so much after every drive to the hoop.
1: He's he's one of the most irritating players to watch. <laughs> yes,
0: it's it's so hard sometimes.
1: Whether you're a Luca lover or hater, I feel like you you can't duck that one. No,
0: no, but, it's it's incessant. It never ends. Um, all right, and we're th- just getting started too, actually. So
1: I th- I think it's probably Jokic that I that would be my my guess if I had to choose one.
0: Yeah, well, he's the the favorite for a reason. Um,
1: also. There's sort of the narrative of was he snubbed last year because he had already won two in a row, right? Let's give it back to him this year, kind of thing. Right. I, I, that's all.
0: so. My, my only counter to that is the uh, the thing that sunk him, which will may, may sink him again this year, is like, does he care? I don't, I don't think he cares and I don't think yeah. he's really going to go out of his way to establish, you know, all the the numbers that he gets. I know people called him a stat patter. I shouldn't say people. It was one guy on ESPN and everybody <laughs> made a big deal about it. But all of his numbers come naturally within the flow of the game. Um, and he sort of just falls into a triple double because he's just that good. Um, so who knows? Um, all right. Well, that's where we're going to wrap it up. Um, Bennett. You're out in San Diego catching the Rays. I'm sure a little bit of surf uh, in the morning. You get out on the board, maybe play some volleyball with the guys uh, with your shirt off. It, it, I'm sure yeah. it's great. Uh, have some, some fun out there. Ball. What's that?
1: Yeah. Some spike ball. That's yeah. what Yoka, he was going to play after practice yesterday.
0: Spike? What's so, spike ball?
1: It's the one with like the net on the ground that you're spiking the ball into and then – other players have to like play it out of the air
0: oh okay Put the bounce
1: right. off the net yeah. you like take a walk through like wash park or Cheeseman Park you'll see someone doing it
0: yeah yeah I I know what you're talking about I that, that's just I didn't yeah. know I didn't know the name for that okay well um enjoy yourself in San Diego uh, I hope uh we get all sorts of good stuff from you out out of there um and we're three weeks away from the NBA season starting
1: unbelievable gonna be great Can't yeah wait soon enough at this point yeah all right this season fun
0: yeah no Gosh. Okay. all right we'll talk soon Ben
1: see you Matt turn around